Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Happy birthday, Tally. Yay. I got, are you guys going to sing? Yay. No, I'm just kidding. Don't. Please don't. I won't. Do you want to, do you want to hear kind of a, kind of a funny birthday story from a time past? Of course. So I was turning 27 and my sister was like heavily pregnant and she was going to be my ride to the Mexican restaurant so that like I could drink heavily and she was pregnant. So she couldn't. And she picked me up and she's like, we're literally five minutes between contractions. Oh, I was like, are you in labor? She's like, I'll be fine. Let's just go have a good time. And the whole time she didn't order food. She didn't eat. She drank some water Um, the whole time. She's just pouring sweat. Oh, you didn't just go like, fuck my birthday. You're having a baby and bring her to the hospital. You're like, no, let me finish my tacos. I don't have a contraction right now. You're going to spill something, bitch. Shush. Yeah. My birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you sit here until I finish my margarita tower. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one more round of the house. <laughs> and like every time she had a contraction, like the whole table just stopped what they were doing. But she continued to laugh at my jokes. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> She's my older sister, obviously. Otherwise, she wouldn't be that nice, right? <laughs> I like how you put your sister through a tally drunken birthday celebration instead of let her go have her baby. You're hilarious. It was her choice. It was her choice. She picked me up and was like, by the way, we're five minutes in between contractions. And I'm like, awesome. You can just drop me off. She's like, no, no, I wouldn't miss this for the world. You know that. Like, I ain't never missed a birthday. I ain't never going to miss a birthday now. You know, doesn't start just because I'm I may or may not be birthing a child. (laughs) <laughs> was this her second baby this is her first i would not have been that calm <laughs> and like every time she just i thought she was gonna rip the freaking armpits off of the chair right because like ugh, white knuckled i'm sure that shit hurts i wouldn't know but and no I'm one sure in this hurt. establishment called her an ambulance or anything where the fuck do you live she called she was like you know what guys i'm gonna step outside real quick and just call the hospital and let them know i'll be there in like an hour <laughs> So she goes outside. She's like, hey, I might I, I might be in labor. Well, I'm sure when the first time you ever do this, you're like, nah, this nah, this isn't how it feels. Right. Right. No. OK, no. Maybe it's just my sister. No. Labor feels like labor. No, but the allure of tacos that out. Yeah, but is it worth it for your child to be brought into this world, sterilized (laughs) with tequila and then wrapped in tortillas? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do one off her head. I was thinking literally the last thing you want to eat before you give birth is fucking Mexican food, man. She did not eat. Like, (laughs) she did not eat. Her husband ordered two meals because he might need to eat like later on. There's like, there's like some really good chefs there. 
like good taco, like good like Mexican chefs, and there's a perfect placenta. You that's what you guys were doing. Oh my god, you guys were getting some placenta tacos getting made up. Yummy. We're all gonna live forever now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I get my stem cells through cilantro. Oh my God. That is a hilarious story. It's good for, it's very good for postnatal depression. So if you can get it turned into capsules or whatever, it's very good for depression. Anyway, so she goes outside, (laughs) she calls the hospital and now she's four minutes between contractions. So they're like, like, we think you should come in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She stays for the whole dinner. (laughs) Wow. And from dinner goes to the hospital. She didn't drop you off at home first. You were like, can you drop me off? I went with my mom after that. Like, I was like, <laughs> I am no longer your responsibility. <laughs> You've got other important things to take care of. Okay. Can I ask a girl? I got a question for girls. Uh, why do you guys put Buddhas in bathrooms to stare at me? Because they're good luck. Do you think I want anal fissures? That's true. You have to give them food for them to give you good luck. I don't have a buddha anyway in my house thank god there's buddhas all over the place here i always have to I turn always them have to around in opposite directions yeah i don't want you to stare at me i'm trying to take a shit here buddha you're supposed to represent zen this is not a zen moment brother stop staring at me swan yeah exactly uh i disagree if your shits aren't zen moments you need to eat more fiber they should be the best part of your day Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Oh, I yeah. found fapping a while ago, sister. <laughs> yeah, but afterwards, oh. you have that inherent shame. There's a mess. I'm not shameful mm-hmm. about it. You're not shameful about anything. That's true. She comes out of the bedroom to like a fanfare. It's like, <laughs> you can tell he just jerked off because he's strutting around the house. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning, world. Oh, Richard, why are you so shiny today? I'm always this shiny. It's my moisturizer. Oh, God, tell oh. That was a good one, though, wasn't uh, it? No. That was no. funny. That was the funny No. <laughs> Fuck. That was a little, a little bit funny. Is that on the funnier side of... No? Okay. No. Nope. No, Respectfully okay. disagree. Oh, God. Respectfully laughing internally. It's supposed to be really good for your hair, though. <laughs> i had a friend who told me or a, a co-worker i should say he told me he jerked off at work and i'm like why would you jerk off at work that's disgusting he's like i save myself 15 minutes in the morning I'm like okay <laughs> that was his justification oh. he could get up later <laughs> buddy okay dudes will jerk off in traffic anywhere <laughs> Like, I've pulled up next to so many dudes jerking off at a traffic light, okay? Oh, fuck, that's gross. That's actually kind of, uh, I'm not going to say it's not gross because it's 100% gross, but it is uh, Distracting and dangerous. Time-saving. Yeah, it's time-saving oh for sure. <laughs> it cuts the road rage in half. Eyes rolling, yeah. and then your whole fucking car is rolling. Wow. I think it's a combination of exhibitionism and also, like, that feeling in your car where you feel like you're alone you know Mm. like being in her car is the best part of leaving the house because you're in the world but safely in your own little pod you know yes yeah no i agree i listen to my my, most of my podcasts is when i'm in the car all right do you guys want me to get started no 
Okay. I didn't know it was a Christie one. Oh my god, me either. Yeah. If I puke, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling super good. Uh, That's okay. You can just block your ears when I get to the gross parts if you like. And for me, say them very slowly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll just send you. I'll just send you a copy of the script so you can print it out and you can read it at your leisure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today we're visiting Adelaide in South Australia. So you guys are coming down here again. Crikey! <laughs> Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Nice. nice. <laughs> So Adelaide's actually a, a pretty nice place. Um, it's a small capital city like like Perth where I live, but there are almost as many churches there as there are people. Don't know why. I've never figured it out, but and it's a very it's a very irrelevant and weird fact, but I, I pretty much couldn't find anything else that's really that good about Adelaide. So I'm I'm trying to actually be nice. Um, <laughs> It's <laughs> it's pretty much a poor a poor man's Perth, and they know it. So you don't have to feel sorry for them; they know it's true. So fucking take that, Adelaide. Yeah. Fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Adelaide like way more of a tourist destination than Perth, though? It is only because it's cheaper to fly there from Sydney and Melbourne than it is to come to Perth. So people tend to stop in Adelaide and not go any further. <laughs> if you're from other places, it might be just lovely, but <laughs> anyway. I don't know why the hate for Adelaide is so funny. It's like <laughs> it's like when your grandma's trying to be like, I don't like your career choices, but being polite about it, that's what you're doing. Like, I maybe you should go to university first before you decide you're gonna be a comedian, Richard. And you're like, yeah, I, I got the <laughs> yeah. world figured out, grandma. She yeah. goes, okay, you have fun with that. Or being asked to drop your dreams for health insurance, you know. Yeah. Woo, America. Yeah. It's 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 less hate and more just Adelaide exists. Anyway, I'll I'll try and I'll stop ragging on Adelaide now and we'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> so we begin in 1999. Major crime chief Paul Schramm implemented a plan to keep Adelaide's detectives and police officers busy because apparently there wasn't a lot going on in the 90s um, for them. So besides frosting their hair and looking after their Tamagotchis, I suppose that's what they did in the 90s, didn't they? Did yep. you have frosted hair in the 90s, Richard? I did. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so. right into Backstreet Boys. You should see me dance. Richard needs a TikTok. Uh, I'm joking, but like, look at me. Are you kidding? <laughs> I was listening to Rancid. I was listening to like punk shit. Chief decided that cold cases should be retrieved from the vaults and re-looked at. His thoughts were that people only went missing for three reasons. Uh, their own choice, suicide or foul play. Seems pretty logical. Uh, usually suicides and voluntary disappearances resolved themselves. So the chief believed people still missing were the victims of nefarious circumstances. Yeah, but that's mm -hmm. also a crazy assumption to make that there's some sort of criminal activity going away, going on, because if you are trying to go get like change your identity because you did something horrible, let's say, and you went across, they would just assume you were some victim. They wouldn't be looking for you in a proper way. 
they hmm. just like discount that probability completely because usually it fixes itself. It's a little bit, it's like, it makes you think of Dexter, you know, in the new season yeah. he's coming back. Like no one's looking for him. I don't get it. Maybe they just thought he was dead, I guess. If Adelaide's such a shithole, isn't the most logical explanation that they just left? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not say that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to, no, I'm, no. Adelaide's nice. It's nice. <laughs> so one of these young men um, was named Clinton Trezais. Clinton was a pretty hard du- done by young guy um, and he spent most of his years being shuffled around foster care. He went missing in 1994 and in August of that year, his body was discovered in a shallow grave in Lower Light, South Australia. I mean, his murder remained unsolved and in 1997, they actually featured it on Australia's Most Wanted, but there was no, to no avail, unfortunately. America's Most Wanted is so iconic here in this side of the world. Like, who is the host of, like, Australia's Most Wanted? Was he awesome or was he like... Is she, is she hot? No, it was a guy. His name was oh, um, the the one that I used to watch was a guy, and his name was Stan Stan Grant. He was actually a Aboriginal newsreader. So, oh, that's that's cool. I was hoping to be like Crocodile Dundee. You know, you call that a mystery? <laughs> this is a mystery. <laughs> no, it wasn't that cool. Unfortunately, they actually they actually did it serious. I've never watched the most wanted shows. Doesn't there have to be a suspect? Um, they also included missing cases like at at the ends and what as well like they oh well john john walsh john walsh's kid went miss he was the host of america's most wanted right oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah his kid went missing and his the child's head was like found but nothing else so there wasn't even a suspect oh. for the host's son's murderous case at the time that's why he started wow. it that is why he started. Yeah, yeah. I think he may, uh, that suspect may have been caught, but we can get into that at some other episode. So uh, Barry Lane was uh, reported missing by his family in 1997. Mr. Lane was 42. He was also a very well-known pedophile and sexual deviant, having had several run-ins with the police previous, previously. He also claimed to be transgender and often went by the name Vanessa. Now, I don't I don't have a lot of details on that, so I'm just going to I'm just going to leave that alone. He was a known pedophile and yet they're just letting him be letting him be. Yeah, he he'd been in prison previously for charges. I would be Alaskan avenging all over the place. But now he was missing, so you know, not much of a loss, but anyway. Shucks. Hopefully they find his balls in a tree set, tree fucking somewhere. You know, instead of tennis shoes, it's his ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while working on these cases, detectives actually discovered a link between Clinton Trezise and Barry Lane. Clinton had reportedly been living with Barry as his sexual partner. Both the men were receiving disability pensions at the time and it had been discovered that their checks were continuing to be cashed even though both of the men had been reported missing. By whom? That's what we're about to find out now. Police traced the cashing of the checks to an ATM at a petrol station just out of town. CCTV cameras were installed and, and within a few days they got lucky. 
the cameras happen to catch a man cashing both of these checks. And this is where we meet Mr. Robert Joe Wagner. Mm. So Robert grew up in a pretty crappy household. And at the age of 13, he began running away to go visit with his friend, Mr. Barry Lane. His parents would often go to retrieve him, but eventually they just stopped bothering and left their son to play house with this convicted pedophile. Good. Why not? He's a nice guy. Sounds nice so far. Everybody has got a bush bicked to the fricking skivvies. Free babysitting's free babysitting, you know? Oh my God, Richard. Well, that's guaranteed what they thought. Like, they're dumb. Like, obviously, you don't leave some of the strangers. Like, oh, it's, please, I got to go to the market and get myself some kangaroo meat and fucking whatever <laughs> fancy uh, vegetables you guys eat there. I'll be right back. Do you know we call cantaloupes rock melons? Of course you do, because it's a melon that looks like a rock. <laughs> do you guys know that bats used to be called flitter mice? That's an awesome name. I know. Why did we stop? Why do we call them bats? Like, what is more ominous yet super cute yet super like you just don't know other than a flitter mouse? It's a that's fucking it. flitter oh, that's, mouse. I'm calling them that from now on. Love it. So um, police started trailing Robert and they noticed that he was frequenting a home in Salisbury North. And this house turned out to be the home of a man named John Bunting and his wife. At the same time, detectives were also reinvestigating the disappearances of Elizabeth Hayden and Susan Allen. Links quickly formed when Hayden's husband, Mark, was interviewed and he mentioned his neighbour, John Bunting. And Susan Allen was a little bit easier to connect as she was John Bunting's ex-girlfriend. Mark Hayden stated his wife had left him for another man and he had no idea where she'd gone. And I think this seems pretty unlikely because she was the mother of eight children and she was incredibly devoted to all of her kids. So I'm unsure why she would just up and leave. But yeah, sounds like she had eight children. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) if I had eight kids, I'd have seven and be in jail. So (laughs) (laughs) who's oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm not following at all. Not even a little bit yet. That's okay. There's lots of there's lots of people. Okay, so there's this 13-year-old kid who's getting diddled by a pedophile that was found in the ground, already dead, and now the same kid that's getting molested is hanging out with John Bunting? No. Fuck. So John <laughs> <laughs> So Clinton Trezice and Barry Allen are the first two missing people and their checks were getting cashed by a man named Robert Wagner who lived next door to John Bunting. So they don't know what's happened to him yet. They're reinvestigating his case. And Susan Allen and Elizabeth Hayden are also missing. Which one's the pedophile? The pedophile is Barry Allen. So where does a little kid come into this? Which little kid? The 13-year-old that's getting diddled. Where, how did he come into this? I'm so confused. That's Oh, sorry. That's, <laughs> that is the man. Robert Wagner, that was cashing Barry Allen's check after he went missing. He was the 13-year-old? He was 13 when he first started living with Barry. Okay. Yeah, I have clarity now. (laughs) How old is he now? 
Um, he's around 20, 20, 19, 20. Okay, cool. And he was checking the, he was cashing the pedophile's checks. Yes, he was cashing the checks of both Barry and Clinton Trezise. And the other guy. Yeah, he'd been hanging out there for years. Yeah, they all lived together. So Barry and Clinton were together and then Robert would go and hang out there when he was 13 and then Clinton and Barry disappeared and then Robert was collecting his money. Sorry. And that's okay. No, it's totally fine. I'd rather explain it all. And then, because it's it's a it's really messy. There are lots of people. Can you draw me a mind map? Just like names, <laughs> yeah. and arrows of how they're all connected I will. to each other. And the map you have to draw it in is um, what's well, Minecraft? Minecraft. A Minecraft. It has to be map. a Minecraft map. Just something. Okay, I'm I'm fo- I'm following. I'm following. Okay, cool. So the police started following Robert, the man that was cashing the checks because they caught him on the camera and they found him going around to John Bunting's house and hanging out there with John. So he was friends with John. Okay. Then we have Elizabeth Hayden and Susan Allen, two missing women. They were linked with John Bunting as well because Susan Allen was John Bunting's ex-girlfriend and the lady with the the eight children, Elizabeth Hayden, she was John Bunting's neighbour. So um, during the review of the case, it was found that neighbours had witnessed John Bunting and Wagner, who is Robert Wagner, the check-cashing man, (laughs) loading black garbage bags into the back of Elizabeth's Land Cruiser. Oh, that's sus. Yeah. And then that vehicle was no longer seen again around (gasps) the property. They burned it. So just to recap, we have four missing people, Susan Allen, Clinton Clinton Trezise, Barry Lane, and Elizabeth Hayden. And they were all linked in some way to John Bunting, Robert Wagner, and Mark Hayden. And by the end of February 1999, another missing person, Ray Davis, a mentally handicapped man that was living in a caravan on Susan Allen's property, was also added to the list. That's so sad. Don't fuck with vulnerable people, man. Don't fuck with people in general, but when you got to stoop so low to take on someone who has a lower intellectual stability than you do, you are a fuck of a fucking human for sure. Yeah. Well, as, as the case goes on, you, you, we learn that most of the people that are involved in this are actually from low socioeconomic areas and have rather low IQs and not very, not a lot of prospects and, Everyone in this story was on some form of government payment, disability payments, those types of things. So they find it an even playing field, quote unquote. Mm. Look, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think that any of these people had a lower IQ. These are the stupidest criminals ever. They are killing in a circle around their fucking house. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, are you an yeah. idiot? Oh, another neighbor's gone missing? Yeah. Oh, one more? Okay. And cashing the checks. What a bunch of fucking idiots. 
Mm-hmm. And you okay. watch like, like, anyways, you, you probably notice the fucking CCTVs get put up and you still do it. Like those are new, you know, you probably watched it get put up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. all, of a, all of a sudden there's cameras. He's just yeah. like this in the camera when he's taking the money out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you ermine trout it. You walk up to the camera like this and spray paint. Now, buddy's yeah. stopping to check his hair and like the monitor. It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, you got cameras. Nice, nice. Holy shit, I have a unibrow. <laughs> I don't care if it's 2021, man. Security cameras cannot detect a unibrow, they can't even detect a fucking face. Why are security cameras still so shitty? This makes no sense to me. Oh, they're so bad. Makes me laugh when the cops post the picture on the internet and they're like, can you help us identify this person? And you're just like, yeah, because I know hundreds of people that just look like a big blob of nothing. I'm about 70% (laughs) sure that that is a person. It could be a panda though. I don't know because the outer frame is just... Too blurry. Look, that's either my neighbor or a cardboard cut out of Aragorn from Nord- from Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So I'll, t- I'll tell you a little bit about these um, these men that um, seem to be involved in all these missing cases. So our, f- our first man is uh, John Bunting. He was born on the 4th of September 1966 in Enala, Queensland. Growing up, John exhibited a lot of the telltale serial killer tendencies, bullying and assaulting kids at school, burning and ripping wings and legs from insects, as well as torturing small animals. He alleged that at the age of eight, he was molested and beaten by an older brother of a friend, which incited his vitriol for pedophiles and homosexuals. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Aren't the small animals in Australia far more likely to kill you? That's like the equivalent of an American serial killer starting out with lions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah, in, in his house, John had what he called his rock spider wall. Now, in Australian prisons, anyone that has anything to do with child abusing is known as a rock spider. So John liked to keep track of this information on people he believed were pedophiles and homosexual. A lot of the time he was completely wrong in his suspicions, but he didn't let a little thing like the truth get in the way of his obsession. And like the two go hand in hand, right? What a bitch. Yeah, the only thing worse than a fucking pedophile is a gay one. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you it was hard for him to pick. Like on Mondays, it would have been the pedophiles worse. This Tuesdays would have been the gays, but I don't know. Maybe this Tuesday it's the pedos. Like what? It's all presumptuous. So, well, he loved to he loved to pick one at random and call them, and then release a tirade of abuse and threats down the line on the phone. So, I would laugh probably, so much. If someone called yeah. me, was like, "You're you're a fag." I'd be like, "What?" And then I talk to them for a while. <laughs> this is what you're doing. You call people to tell them this. I am a flamer. Like you should see how many dicks I suck. I put them all in my mouth. Don't isolate that. God damn it. <laughs> you want to know how many hot dogs i can fit in my mouth yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome to get that call though that'd be funny to me You'd be like yeah, yeah. get him more wound up than ever and then robert uh, robert wagner he was born in november 1971 in Parramatta, new south wales um and i mentioned a little bit about his past before he was the the 13 year old 
that was left at Barry Allen's. He met Bunting in 1991 and he helped to instill his hatred of pedophiles and homosexuals by taunting him about his relationship with Barry. So it wasn't very nice. And then we have Mark Hayden. He was the husband of Elizabeth Hayden, one of our missing women. Um, both him and Elizabeth had eight kids and they raised them on joint disability pensions and they were John Bunting's neighbours. So the surveillance on Bunting, Wagner and Hayden ramped up. The men spent, spent a lot of time together, mostly at the um, home of John Bunting in Salisbury North. They also took lots of road trips out of Adelaide. And this led police to a rundown property in Snowtown, a tiny rural town about 140 k's, about 87 miles from Adelaide. Thank you. Just for you, darling. In 2016, the population of Snowtown was a mere 467 people. And in 1999, it was around 600. And this, it kind of makes me wonder how a group of men could go relatively unnoticed coming in and out of a town that tiny and never staying longer than a day. So the house that had been rented by John and spread out over the property were several broken down, rusted out cars. One of these happened to be Elizabeth Hayden's missing Toyota Land Cruiser. <gasps> and this was six months after her disappearance had been reported to police. When the owner of the property was questioned, he stated that Bunting was seen at the property, often in the company of two or three other gentlemen, and he had witnessed them loading large black barrels several times into the Land Cruiser and transporting them to a disused bank building in the main centre of town. So that's not weird. So not obvious. And nobody thought to mention this before? Nah. Just let them go about their business. Just... Keeping it's a small country town in Australia, everyone just keeps to themselves. Small towns never keep <laughs> to themselves, all they do is get up in each other's shit. In, Austra- in Australia, no one talks to anyone. I wish. Oh my god, I'd be older than 17 in my hometown if that were the case. In Australia, in little towns, people are really territorial, so people coming in and out of their town. I'm, I, it actually, it just amazes me that they weren't like, "What the fuck are you guys doing here? Get out of our space." But mm. the abandoned building was rented by um, none other than Mark Hayden, who later confessed to using the money he got from cashing his missing wife's disability pension. This asshole is taking care of eight kids by himself. Yeah. And he's using the money of his missing wife to rent buildings in towns 100 kilometres away from his own house. So these kids are taking care of themselves while daddy is doing due diligence. Yeah, I don't know a lot about the children. Obviously, there's not a lot of information about the kids. And thank God for that. Yeah, which is a really good thing. Like, I would not want to be connected to him yeah, and it's they go off and change their names a lot of the time. It's good that they didn't get fucking wiped through the media, really, honestly. Absolutely. I hate the ones that put themselves in it, like fucking BTK's daughter. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You were anonymous. And now is she, like, upset that she has attention or? 
No, she went and sought out attention. You never saw it? You didn't read that article? Oh, okay. And she did a thing for People Magazine, like, my dad was a nice guy. I didn't even know he was a killer. And it's like, uh, yeah, but now he is. Sounds like she is so far from acceptance that it's not time to be speaking publicly. Like, you know, it's it's kind of... Trauma is kind of like death. You know, there's stages to it. It's just kind of all jumbled. It's not the same, but there's definitely anger before acceptance. I'm sure she just needed a paycheck. Yeah. Yep. yep. Easy way to cash in. Mm, a lot of people are struggling right now. Maybe it was just the only way. Was it recent? This was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, like two years ago or last year. Really? Last year. Yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, BTK is not my favorite, obviously. He's so dumb lame he is so dumb he's the only one no one's ever thirsty for and i like that i ain't thirsty for any of them like i'll i'll rip a man's jaw off for sure (laughs) (laughs) you don't have you know what okay you know yeah yeah i had to throw that i had to throw a salt joke in there because sure that's fun that's a funny movie (laughs) so on the 20th of may 1999 the police entered through the back kitchen area of the old bank building Nothing really looked out of ordinary at first. It was a pretty basic layout. To their right was the area behind the counter where the tellers worked. And there were several old desks and office chairs just laying around. To their left was the vault. The door was firmly closed, but the locking mechanism had long since been removed. When opened, the police were facing a solid wall of black plastic held firmly in place with masking tape all the way around. You said firmly and it's masking tape. I was about to say it's not it wasn't firmly. It's not firmly attached with masking tape. Someone could kick that fucking thing right in with two. Not even you probably you can huff and puff and blow it the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not. It's not like they've super glued it or cemented it to the walls. (laughs) Listen, if you want to be barricaded in somewhere, you use JB Weld and you have to make sure you have at least 30 minutes for it to harden. Okay. I could just picture this fucking redneck, dumb shit motherfucker rolling masking <laughs> tape across them, smacking the side of it and going, that'll hold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to get through my force field. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Quick question. Does kitchen mean something different in Australia? No, it's where we make food. But why does the bank have a kitchen? Well, it's kind of like the staff room. Yeah, the staff oh, room area. Okay. It's like a little kitchen area with a um, like a toilet. and. St- I've never heard anybody call a break room a kitchen before. Australians are lazy. We use the same word for like four, four or five different things. So was it masking tape or was it duct tape? Then it just means <laughs> duct tape, but it's masking Could have tape. been fucking, I don't know, could have been like booby tape you know that double-sided tape who knows it wasn't tape at all (laughs) wasn't tape at all it was jizz for fuck's sake (laughs) it's just called masking taping things welded in australia (laughs) (laughs) riveted see and this is why i'm always going to give you guys australian cases because you can just rip the shit out of them (laughs) i wasn't trying to be a dick i just i thought maybe it was multi-purpose Tape is probably the worst barricade. I just, I thought it was funny. Just like a bank operating like in the front and all this like 
tight tie like tellers and then in the back there's like a busy bustling kitchen and people are making fucking pate and foie gras for like the meetings for the executives i you know doesn't sound bad at all i'd work there yep yep (laughs) as long as i get food so one of the officers peeled back a section of the tape if that's what it was and peered in (laughs) what they saw was six large black barrels boxes of gloves, bottles of acid, and what appeared to be a selection of knives. What kind of acid? Not that kind. Okay. No, not the fun acid. I think they would disagree. That is the fun acid. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what the goal is in mind. Mm-hmm. Trying to melt someone all you got is LSD. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there trying to melt them with your mind. Everything around them will melt, but they will not. Yeah. yeah Why aren't yeah, you melting? Exactly. Why aren't you melting? <laughs> Why do you look purple, man? <laughs> this sounds expensive. Well, they had they had a decent amount of money flowing in because they were getting checks from. Okay, well, your government must take really, really good care of you then, because I guarantee you, no government subsidy on this upside of the equator has like there's no way you could afford like barrels and acid and shit on top of what they give you you can barely afford craft dinner sorry uh macaroni and cheese (laughs) no it's it's not that much but when you're collecting your own plus several other people's pensions on top then they were getting a pretty tidy sum i guess it's just one barrel like how many barrels of acid did they have no, there were six barrels. Still, like, I bet you, okay, because I buy acid at work, and hydrochloric acid isn't that expensive. Like, you could get a vat of it. Like, I, I have to look how much a barrel is. I don't know offhand, but I'm mm-hmm. going to say probably in the ballpark, like, 300 bucks. Well, there you go. Well, they just had bottles of acid. They didn't actually have big barrels of it. They just had oh. the six barrels and then bottles. Yeah, which means you're going to be paying a lot more because you're not buying it in bulk. Well, they just had empty barrels. They, I don't think they were empty. I'm about to get to that. <laughs> so f- forensic pathologist Roger Bayard received a phone call that night from major crime officer describing the scene to him. He originally thought it sounded like a drug laboratory, to which the officer stated, no, sir, does not smell like one. How would you like us to proceed? So Dr. Bayard told the uh, officer to open one of the barrels and phone him back with their discovery. So the officers entered the vault and headed for the closest barrel. The lid was unscrewed and there was the first grizzly discovery. It appeared to be a mummified foot surrounded by dirty clothing, which was taking up about three quarters of the barrel. The officers proceeded onto the next barrel and found similar contents in each one. Becoming more and more concerned, the detectives soon realised that they didn't just have bodies on their hands, they had pieces of people spread out through six different barrels. So this made it impossible to decipher just how many victims there were. Who wants to play a puzzle? Yeah. (laughs) They just pour them all on the ground and all the CSI guys get all together. Whoever gets one together first wins the prize. Seriously, though, I bet that is a good day for them. I bet they get jacked on that shit when they're like, we got pieces. Oh, for sure. And all the medical examiners are like, fuck you. 
they would never admit that on public like this but guaranteed that that's like i put one together first fuck they have like bets and shit like god damn it who's got my foot (laughs) yeah (laughs) who has jurisdiction in snowtown um 150 k's out of adelaide so probably still the adelaide police because it was a small a really small town Mm. The, the barrels were taken one by one to the mortuary where they were decanted of the fluid. Then technicians physically removed the body parts and started working on their grotesque jigsaw puzzle. So they just put the body parts in, ball, in bowls and just let them air out? That's- they probably laid them all out on like different tables because they're in like a mortuary. So they probably laid them all out on different slabs and then moved them around. I'd be like, listen, we got homeless kitchens. Let's just uh, kill two birds with one stone. What? <laughs> Did I get it? I was kidding. But I yeah. didn't process immediately. Because honestly, a lot of what you say, I like it's in one ear and kind of out the other. No offense. Why am I dumb? <laughs> <laughs> am I too stupid to pay attention to? How many how many bottles of wine are you into? That's the real question. <laughs> I'm drinking red, so not even one, man. It doesn't go through like my like virus detector, okay? Like mm. it goes the fast route because you never say anything that the virus detector is gonna go Wah! about. But this time, <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" I'm gonna keep y'all on your toes. I promise. I don't have many secrets, but I do say weird shit. I have to or I'll <laughs> die. It was dark. It was very dark. Feeding homeless people fucking mummified feet straight from acid. Jesus. It might be fun. We never we never clarified what kind of acid. Hydrochloric? No. Lysa, no. Lysa, you know, the LSD kind. That'd be fun. I don't know what that stands for. That's probably terrible as, as a person who has has once Partakes. has once <laughs> or twice partaken <laughs> in the use of illicit drugs so yeah they did they did use acid to try and dissolve the bodies but like hydrochloric the bad kind right yeah yeah i'm assuming so so but the the water content of the bodies actually neutralized most of the acid and because the barrels were airtight it, can't, it kept them in an oxygen-free environment, so it essentially preserved the bodies instead of melting them. No shit. That is, that, we just debunked Breaking Bad, all of it. No, 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 you didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. They're using completely different acid in uh, Breaking Bad, and if you can dilute hydrochloric acid enough it's just as strong as vinegar so it depends how much they were they i would have to pour in fill it right to the rim wait till Mm. it sizzles it down a bit and then fill it up again for it to continue going because after a while yeah uh yes depends how much dilution was happening spoiler alert when they show the whole dirt bike going in it's pretty quick are you are you giving a spoiler alert for breaking bad it ultimately helped the technicians in identifying the bodies and also in the manners of which some of them had been killed. So ultimately the forensic team concluded that they had eight victims in total. That sucks. Yes. 
The following day, 21st of May, 1999, the police arrested Bunting, Wagner and Hayden at Bunting's home after receiving an anonymous phone call directing them to the exact address, stating that they would find a body there. Ground penetrating radar found soil disturbance underneath a water tank in the backyard. The area was excavated and several garbage bags were uncovered and inside were the remains of Susan Allen. Several other sites in the yard were dug up and the remains of Ray Davis were found. That's the, the man that was living in the... And they're using sonic radar? Is that what you said? Yeah, ground, yeah, ground penetrating radar. Okay. So not only the eight victims in the barrels, we also now have two people buried in John Bunting's backyard. Plus the two they already found, right? Or just one they already found. One was just missing. Yeah, yeah, Clinton. Clinton Trezice. Yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not confirmed, but some believe this call was made by James Vlasakis. Vlasakis is actually the stepson of Bunting, who was married to his mother, Elizabeth Harvey. Um, they got married when James was 14. While living together, John shared a lot of his hatred for pedophiles and homosexuals with James. And Vlasakis later confessed to Bunting that his older brother had molested him as a teenager. Jamie was also arrested, but unlike the other men, he voluntarily spoke to the police and he sang like a little birdie. I don't, I'm getting like these weird thoughts about, it's annoying me about the, my cousin molested me or my grandpa molested me. So that's why I'm so Mm -hmm. fucked up. Oh, I got molested. So like, come on, man. Lots of people get molested. And I know it's not, it sucks to get molested, but people aren't going out killing people. I hate when it's used as an excuse. You're a piece of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And wasn't it kind of called out that like a lot of people have been like molested just at a younger age where they can't really recall that that's what it actually was you know like it takes Mm -hmm. time to process what has happened to you yeah resilience varies so much person it does people handle things so much differently some people are like yep that happened no big deal some people some people go crazy and kill people on the other end of the spectrum some people go crazy and kill themselves or shut down or get really addicted to drugs or you know self-medication mm-hmm. of some kind there's so many different ways people yeah. handle it i think i think like the murderers it's like anger resilience like rage resilience like a refusal to even try to cope i don't know it's like trying to get some feeling of power back or something yeah 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 but i'm all, i'm i'm talking more like like, I get that. And you're going to act out in whatever way you act out, if you even act out at all. Like, I get that part. But if you're going and being like afterwards saying like, yeah, I killed that guy, but I was touched as a kid. It's not an excuse. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find out later after you killed, you're like, I don't know why I was being like so. But then you start talking to like a psychiatrist and they go like, what happened to your youth? And then you find out like, oh, yeah, I, I was molested or I was beaten or whatever. And then maybe that's like directing your behavior. That's a little bit different. It's just when they start, I don't know, even after they find out that's the thing, they go, it's because I was molested. Now I know I'm working on myself. It's not because you're molested. You Everyone knows not killing people's bad. It doesn't matter if you're molested or not. You know you shouldn't be doing that. So if you're doing it, I don't know. I, it's just, anyways, it annoys me. You hear that a lot. Like the, I wish the triad didn't exist. Sometimes I wish like a lot of this stuff didn't exist. 
Yeah, I feel like the sole purpose of killing is always going to be personal. You know what I mean? Like, it's always a personal freaking reason. Either I want money, I want sex, or I want to overpower you. Well, they targeted pedophiles or people they thought were pedophiles Uh, specifically. Or homosexuals, because apparently they go hand in hand to these fucking bigots. Well, yeah, they were taught some sort of bigotry when they were young, and that sucks, but... Uh, this is if this is like uh, what's it called? What is it? Um, an Avenger. Like if that's what mm. this is to them, like they think that they're an Avenger. Um, it's very different. He definitely thinks he's some kind of vigilante. Yeah. Well, this this isn't a guy who goes around like raping and killing women and then saying, "Oh, well, I was molested as a kid." This is a guy who's like, "I was molested and so I kill pedophiles." Yeah, and homosexuals because apparently they go hand in hand. Yeah, that's a different mindset. I wasn't thinking of it that way. In a 2,000-page statement, Vlasakis recounted a tale of horror and manipulation spanning over eight years, starting with Bunting's very first victim in 1992, which was Clinton Trezice. He was beaten by Bunting and had his head caved in with a hammer. This was because of the relationship he had had with Barry Lane. I'm going to go through a few of the victims now and there's a, a, a fair bit of description about how some of these people were murdered and some of it's pretty gross quick question yes my love clinton lived with barry yes and the 13 year old robert would go over to barry's house to be molested by him. well clinton was a pedophile too like I, I do not believe that he was just living with a pedophile and had no idea he was absolutely a pedophile too Absolutely agree. So I'm on board so far with these two. Mm-hmm. Cave more heads in with hammers, boys. Yeah. Well, next was Ray Davies. Um, he was 26 at the time. Susan Allen would get Bunting to help her collect his rent if he didn't pay with money. Um, she would get Bunting to come around and rough him up a little bit, but she would also accept sexual favors from ray as payment okay i was like you worded that kind of weird what do you mean pay with money Mm. (laughs) so yeah sometimes sometimes she wanted the money so she would get bunting to come over and rough him up a little bit for the cash but if she was you know in the mood she'd take sex instead i would take tackies some chips are good not sponsored (laughs) but hey tackies sponsor us (laughs) i would take money and buy tackies with them oh with the money right. that I get. Right. You know what? I've been, I had, I, I'm drinking red wine. It's a change. Okay. Okay. She expressed to John that she believed Ray was a child molester. So in December of 1995, Bunting, along with Wagner, broke into the man's trailer and proceeded to absolutely torture the crap out of him. Wagner smashed his genitals so many times with a baseball bat that they were pretty much reduced to mush. Crikey. As someone who's given themselves five lights out concussions, that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty gross. My my brain might be close to mush, but I know my skull (laughs) had something to do with it not being completely so... Wow, mm. that's a lot of force. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, there isn't any any protection down there from a baseball bat. I bet not. Mm-hmm. No. Even the lightest of taps can hurt you. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. 
takes a while for you to recover from. Yeah. They then moved his caravan, cleaned it and painted it, and then they sold it for a nice little sum and they shared the profits with Susan Allen. Vlasakis stated that his mother also helped Bunting murder Ray and bury his body in their yard. Uh, I'm confused again. Okay, so this landlady, Susan, would take sex for rent from this guy, Ray, this developmentally disabled guy, you said. Yep. But she said that he was a pedophile. Yeah, I think she might have got sick of him. I think he probably just couldn't get it up one night and she was offended. Probably. And because she knows Bunting is like absolutely insane and hates. Yeah, but still any money that you get. Oh, she probably gets a lot more with him dead, though. Yeah, because then she would just go on collecting his check. It's kind of smart. But not, not for her, unfortunately, because she was the next one to be dead. Should have done it herself. She was the other body that was found in the yard. Um, Bunting claimed that she died of a heart attack um, and then he continued to collect her Social Security money as well as Ray's. <gasps> so she started it? Yes. So she was like, hey, I'll split the money with you. And they were like, how about instead if we just get all the money? Yes. How about instead you have a heart attack and we'll get all the dollars? The dollar dues. Yeah. We can't kill you unless you do something gay. So uh, suck on this titty. Suck on this titty. <laughs> All right, you're done. Yeah. Probably made him made her kiss his wife and then he was like, yeah. lesbian. <laughs> she had sex with a pedophile. She's a pedophile sympathizer. Oh, oh. there you go. That's oh, that's it. Fucking... Yes. Very true. So Bunting and Wagner admitted to cutting up her body and burying it in the yard. Vlasakis could also put names to all of the bodies in the barrels and to the shock of detectives, it turned out to include several of the perpetrator's own family members. He stated that Troy Ude, 21, his brother, had molested him. So John Bunting and the other three men arrived at Troy's home and proceeded to torture him, burning and beating him and crushing his toes with pliers eventually murdering him by uh, strangulation. Are they drugging them or like tying them up or something? Like what is it that they can't tie? Yeah, they're tying them up. Yeah, Yeah, they restrain them. (sighs) This one, this one, this is, this next one is the one that uh, you're, you're, this is going to be painful for you, Richard. Okay. Cover your eyes. Cover your dick. (laughs) 18. Yeah, do it. My dick's coming out. Let's do this. Into <laughs> the fire. Out of the pants, into the fire. Let's go. Smoke sausages. Oh, fucking Sally. Listen, I was hanging out with my dad today. It's just some guy's out. getting his dick smashed, and Tally's over here like, "That's you're wasting food." <laughs> it's my birthday. You can make a taco out of that. I said smoke sausage. Yeah. Smoke sausage taco. Get it? Oh. <laughs> i've had chorizo man that's good there's a yeah. little bit of smoked sausage coming up right now all right let's hear it mm. so fred uh, fred brooks went missing in september of 1998 um his mother had been in a relationship with bunting and he believed that fred was also a pedophile fred's murder was one of the more horrific ones he was tortured for hours by bunting being beaten and burned 
he also had a sparkler inserted into his penis and had to watch as it was lit and burned down to his flesh. Oh, they should have lit it and then put it in. Are they, they, well, that's, that's sounding. That's like flaming sounding. I think he was having a good time. I don't think, I think they're. A sparkler is so tiny. Stick a whole ass firework in there if you mean it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've yeah. had sparklers in my mouth, man. Like they don't hurt. At all. Imagine though, imagine you've got a fi- a firework. The pokey part that goes in the ground is in your dick, okay? And they light it. Imagine. Happy birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. They run to the safe 20 feet away or whatever. They watch from a distance as this thing blows your dick into space. Oh god. Oh, I bet it gets god. pretty hot too before oh. that. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's poor funny. Fred. Poor Fred. Yeah, poor guy. And was he actually child molester? This guy, or they just thought he was? No, not at all. He was no. Oh gosh, poor I'm Fred. crying. That was funny. <laughs> <sighs> you were like, "This is gonna be the grossest one," and it ended with you laughing to cry to tears. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to unethical podcast. He didn't actually get a firework in his dick. It was a tiny little sparkler. Yeah, ain't nothing. I've had those in my teeth. Get over yourself, Fred. It was just you. They're not going to hurt you, man. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. You've had a sparkler in your dick, but have you ever been in labor at a Mexican restaurant? I think not. (laughs) (laughs) She did all right. She's fine. All right. And then we've we've got a few more. Michael Gardner was murdered by Bunting because he found his homosexuality offensive. Gavin Porter was killed because being a drug addict made him a waste of space. Gary O'Dwyer died because Bunting said it had been a while since he killed anyone. I find this guy's murderous bigotry annoying, and I'd like (laughs) to deal with that. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't get behind prejudiced murder. Murder without prejudice. (laughs) All murders matter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i uh i just like there's a point when you just want to kill it you know what i mean like i'm just that that guy's too gay for me there's too many drugs involved in this one that guy that guy i heard i've heard around town that he molested people so i gotta kill him i have a code you know yeah it's not vukovic vukovic was different he just beat them the living fuck out of them mm. if he would have killed him it would have been a little different it might have escalated more and He'd probably be on death row, I guess. You know what I mean? But no, uh, <laughs> I don't think he thought that guy was a pedophile. The son or whatever, Frank. I think he. I think he was just tired of him cock blocking him and was trying to bang his mom. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So anyways, you got more. Yeah, just a more little deaths? bit. Ooh, more deaths. Yeah. So next was our lovely old friend Barry Lane, the original pedophile. Um, He was murdered because he was a pedophile, but this was only after Bunting used him for information on other pedophiles so he could put them up on his rock spider wall. And at the time, Barry was involved with a young man by the name of Thomas Trevelyan. He was 18. And Bunting convinced him to assist in Barry's murder. But Thomas's family stated that he was a sufferer of paranoid schizophrenia. 
He upset Bunting by talking about Barry's murder with other people. So Thomas was found hanging from a tree in the Adelaide Hills. So his death was actually originally ruled a suicide. But Vlasakis later confessed that he died at the hands of Bunting and Wagner. Oh, good old-fashioned lynching, just when I thought this story couldn't get any more grotesque. Right. Because, yeah. because he knew the truth, right? That's why they hung him? Well, he was involved in it. Involved. And are these, are these like, proven pedophiles or are these alleged? But, um, Barry Lane is pretty much the only one that was ever convicted of any form of pedophilia. The guy he was living with was a pedophile. You will change my mind. Yeah, so just leave it up to us to, you know, play God and put put this in our hands. Yeah, we're the bright people to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you think they're just being like, yeah, our buddy hung himself, but that was actually us. <laughs> mm. You know, just to get another one to be more notorious. The kid said that they killed him, right? It wasn't them who were like, yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, throw that one on there. Yeah, I killed him too. Yeah, they put, the, they put it down to suicide at first, but then later when he was doing his... Um, confession he said that that Bunting and Wagner had actually hung him it sounds more like a suicide to me than a lynching just because if you're talking that much about the murder that you helped commit it's like you have you're guilty and you want someone to like affirm that what you did was okay yeah or that what you did was wrong well maybe that is what people did affirm yeah that's why he hung himself would be mine yeah yeah assumption and this just seems way too different from what they usually do Mm. and that's what i was gonna say it it doesn't follow pattern at all so it's just like we're gonna lynch a guy now like we were we were accidentally preserving those guys but yeah (laughs) yeah so we come to the the final victim david johnson age 22 was james flasakis's stepbrother he was lured to the empty bank building by James under the illusion that they were going to buy some computer equipment. Bunting and Wagner were already laying in wait. David was strangled and handcuffed. He was then forced to read a script that they recorded. In this script, he confessed to all the murders that had been committed and then he was forced to tell them his financial information. Now, this was a normal occurrence for them. Um, they liked to get people's pin numbers and their bank cards. So Bunting sent Wagner to the ATM uh, where they failed to retrieve any money. And when they returned to the vault, David was dead. To make things even worse, Wagner was really pissed off that he hadn't had any time to play around with David. So he decided to have a little bit more fun. As they were dismembering the body, he cut off some pieces of flesh fried them up, and the three men ate them together. That sounds like bullshit. Including his own brother. Sounds like (laughs) bullshit. I don't think they did that. Yeah. What parts? I don't know what pieces. Yeah, was it like an ass cheek? Who knows? A little bit of bat wing, you know? But maybe they did. That's the thing with that one, because they're so fucking stupid and they're escalating, and they're all together. Like, this is a weird one for that. Like, sorry. Egging each other on. I really don't think they ate him. He's one of the ones that they knew for sure because his stepkid told him that he'd mm. he'd from what I understand from when I read the case and you can cut this out or whatever I'll cut this out is that he didn't molest him. He raped him violently yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Um, there is no way that this group of Avengers would eat pedophile meat. Mm. Mm. 
It'd be like eating a zombie in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I don't think they're Avengers, though. They've convinced themselves that they're noble. They absolutely have. No, if they were Avengers, they wouldn't be taking everyone's banking information. This is all for monetary gain. It has nothing to do with their morals or anything like that. But they're putting that money back into the hunt. How much? Yeah, it's just that's the that's the part that gets them hard. Like, of course, they're going to put the money back in the hunt. They want to get hard again. Like, look, we don't have to yeah. use any of our own resources. I don't see any reason to stick to pedophiles then. Why would you bother? Why would you get a list of pedophiles from a known pedophile? It just seems unnecessary. It's not a list of pedophiles. It's a list of people they want to call pedophiles so they can justify what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. it's not actually all pedophiles. It's just they're figuring out, like, they're giving themselves a good reason. This person is a pedophile, so now I can take his money. But it's not really. It's not real. They're not doing any research at all. They just heard some guy go, like, he's a pedophile. If they're justifying it in the first place, they believe they're Avengers. They wouldn't bother justifying it. Serial killers don't. Psychopaths don't. They're not justifying it in a moral standpoint. They're justifying being able to take this person's money and it being okay. It's not about like killing the pedophile. It's I can steal this guy's money because he's a pedophile. So you think that they have no problem with murder, but they have an issue with fraud. No, they don't have an issue with either of them. They just have an issue. They have more of an issue with murder than fraud. They don't want to murder like uh, grandma down the street and take her old age pension. They want to murder people that deserve to be murdered so we can get more rich. Which makes them Avengers because they're taking out victims (laughs) who deserve it. They would probably go after grandma when they run out of pedophiles. Oh, there's no running. They would just find there would they would just find more reasons and other. Well, they would just call the grandma pedophile. That's my point. They're just calling yeah, exactly. anyone pedophile so they can kill them. She's putting arsenic in her chocolate chip cookies. Killer. <laughs> they're like Oprah, and their murder victims are like Oprah's crowd members. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. Then kills all of them. <laughs> Yeah, that's just yeah. They seem like selfish bastards. Uh, yeah, this is crazy because there's so many di- like a bunch of guys together doing this. This is what's crazy to me about this whole story is it's a pack of them. It's a pack of murderers. It's a lynch mob. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I laughs, but very serious. You no know, teaming up and like cutting up bodies and. So we're getting um up to the trial and stuff now. So, but I did find a couple of um weird and creepy details as I was researching about John Bunting. He loved to go and check on the bodies. So he'd often report back to Wagner that they were rotting nicely in the barrels, which is really weird. Um, And he also enjoyed having a soundtrack to his murders. His most favourite being the 1994 hit album Throwing Copper by Live. Nope. That's an album? (laughs) What's his favourite song? Lightning crashes in a world golden barrel. <laughs> Is that song where they're playing that song? Lightning crashes. A new mother cry. Yeah, it was an awesome album. Like yeah. I was addicted. I was obsessed with it when it came out. But it, I don't really get like chopping up bodies vibes from it. No, hell no. You get <laughs> so much empathy vibes from that song. And I can, I can kind it's- of picturing him dancing around to that song like. Reservoir Dogs kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, lightning crashes and um, zombie. I, uh, yeah. Those two songs like really resonate with me just because like they kind of sound like the same thing. Like put yourself in these shoes mm-hmm. and then decide. But don't don't come at them with 
with some prejudice bullshit. Yeah, I just I found it a really weird album to choose. Yeah, very con- uh, counterintuitive. Yeah, he had copies of it everywhere. Like he had cassettes of it in his car. He had like four copies of it in his house. Like he just he was obsessed with it. Listen, so. my philosophical ass husband listens to that type of music too, and there ain't no way. Like he's like, Mm-mm, no. There's there's problems in this world that n- we'll never solve, you know. So these are the songs that resonate very loudly in our house. Anyway, love it. All right. So the trial of Bunting and Wagner began in January of 2003, lasting almost 12 months, one of the longest in South Australian history. I know it doesn't sound very long, but in Australia we tend to not have a lot of things like this happen. So a 12-month trial is massive for us. In December of 2003, John was convicted of 11 counts of murder. Justice Brian Ross Martin was convinced that Bunting was the ringleader and easily manipulated the other men into aiding his desires and delusions. During the trial, Bunting never once showed any remorse or thought towards the victim's families. And he was sentenced to 11 consecutive life terms with no eligibility for parole. Good on you. That's crazy. This, uh, this 11 people with three people is bonkers. Like, is there like a term for that? Is like, are they serial pack hunters? Like what is going on here? Is there, are they all just serial killers? Is that what we call them now? I guess so. It's, it's so weird. But... It's such an interesting one. I've never heard of people hunting in packs unless you're in the army. Hmm. So uh, Robert Wagner was found guilty of 10 murders, even though he only confessed to three of them. He received 10 consecutive life sentences with no parole. At his sentencing, he stated, quote, pedophiles were doing terrible things to children. The authorities didn't do anything about it. I decided to take action. I took that action. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He was like, thank you. Like bowing. I'll be working on that. Yeah, I was going to say, was he expecting a you're welcome in response? Mm. Like applause. Just applause. Yeah. Everyone's standing ovation in the court. Yeah. Applause break. (laughs) James Vlasakis pleaded guilty to four of the murders. He was sentenced to four consecutive life terms with the eligibility for parole after 26 years. And if my maths are correct, that's 2029, I think. So Mark, and then the last gentleman, Mark Hayden, was convicted of helping to dispose of the bodies and received a 25-year sentence with a non-parole period of 18 years. He applied for parole in 2017 and was denied, and he currently has another application before the parole board, and a decision is expected by the end of this year. Aussies, man. It's going to be a no from me, dog. Yeah. yeah. And there are lots of, there are already lots of um, victim impact statements of, from the families and stuff that have already been submitted. And he's just, he hasn't got a chance. Yeah. I have to go through the rigmarole, I suppose. Do they, is there, is it like in Australia, is it like life with the possibility of parole? Meaning like, or was it case where you said like 26 years, like after that 26 years or whatever, they just get out? Or is it like 26 years if you're paroled kind of deal? No, so he, yeah, so he'd have to do his 25-year sentence and he was, the non-parole period of was 18. So he has to do 18 years and then he can be eligible for parole. 
But then after 25, they can still get out. Yes. I find that so crazy. Like if it's life in prison, like just call it life and let them stay. Like you just killed 11 people. Like it's one thing to kill a person in like a rage, a fit of rage or something, you know, that mm. oops, I was at a bar fight or something, or I planned on beating the fuck out of him because he's fucking my wife. I get it. Stuff like yeah. that makes more sense. But when you're doing 11 people, just throw away the key. You know, mm. it's done. How many people was he found guilty of? Well, Mark Hayden, he wasn't convicted of any murders, but he was complicit and helped dispose of the bodies. Like he helped transport the bodies in the barrels. He knew about all the murders. Oh, so that's the maximum the justice system could have possibly done is 25 years because that's a life sentence. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is like, it's the, why don't, can't you charge them extra things for like cutting them into bits, putting them in barrels? But you know what I mean? Just to find a way to like add mm. more so they're there forever. Fuck. No, because they don't want him to appeal it. Yeah, they just want to get him into get him into prison. And I don't think he, I don't think he's ever gonna get out. I think at the end of the 25 years, they'll, you know, they can revoke his parole. So yeah. But why would he? Yeah. More than 250 suppression orders in this case to prevent any publication of the details. But in 2011, most of the orders were lifted after a request was made by producers of the film Snowtown. So this movie was made focusing on um, Jamie Vlasakis's relationship with John Bunting and the unfolding of all the murders. I've only watched little bits of it. It's annoying. I find it really difficult watching Australian movies. <laughs> I watched the whole thing yeah. a long time ago. Even though I couldn't stomach it, but then I was like, don't be a bitch. And then I stomached the whole thing and wish I hadn't. Yeah. It's a terrifying movie. They combined all the victims, um, but they made John like super fucked up. Like they had him like cutting up kangaroos and. Yeah. And then he was actually played by someone that was uh, a lot ha- more handsome than John. <laughs> Such a baby face, which really helped with the like yeah. nefariousness of him is that he's like, he seems like this really normal dude until all of a sudden there's this scene where he shoots his dog in the face and he's like the cutest guy. And you're like, what mm. the fuck? If you guys could pick, if you guys could pick a uh, actor or actress who to like play you, in in your life movie, who would it be? Rebel Goddamn Wilson. Oh, yay. Oh shit, yeah. She's cool. Love her. She's awesome. Someone's super hot. <laughs> I get Nicole Kidman vibes from you. Oh, cool. Yeah, that that works. I already know what you're gonna say. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. <laughs> no, I already know what you're gonna say. Uh the rock. I know, I get it. I look <laughs> like him. No, you said The Rock. Oh, sorry, my bad. I uh, speech impediment. For me, it's Jason Momoa, man. Absolutely. For me, it's uh, Zach Galifianakis. No, you know the guy Stabler from SVU. That guy, <laughs> only with a beard. Oh, to play. I thought you meant to play you, and I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only picking one. That's an odd choice, Tally. But okay. <laughs> We're regendering you. I would get what's his nuts. God damn it. What's his fucking name? John Krasinski with the beard to get <gasps> to play Richard. Oh, yes. I don't know who I'd pick for me. Um, The little girl who plays the scary girl on the ring. Blake Lively. Yeah. Blake Lively is Ryan Reynolds' wife. 
That's what I. That's what I'd say to play tally. I mean, I've told. I've been told. I've had those vibes before, but I don't see it. Um, I just have one little paragraph left. The notoriety of the case led to a short-term tourist boost for Snowtown, but ultimately resulted in the town being forever stigmatised as the town with the bodies in the barrels. They still receive a steady stream of visitors each year who love to pose outside the bank for a good photo op. The house where John Bunting lived in Salisbury North was demolished and now an old age home sits in its place. The bank itself and the home on the same property were put up for auction in 2012, but only reached half its reserved price of 200000 But later that year, $700 was raised for, ch- for charity after an open house charged entry. The property sold in September of 2012 for 185000 And the new owners stated they would live in the house and run, bu- run a business from the bank. I have no idea what the business is. I don't think it's still running. And they installed a plaque to commemorate the victims found in the barrels. The people who bought that house installed the plaque? Yeah. Well, yeah, they wanna they wanna make money from this. They obviously some their mm-hmm. goal somehow is to make money from this. It just seems very, very ghoulish. Oh yeah, it does. What was their plan exactly getting this guy who is going to turn up very super obviously murdered as fuck? confessing to all of these murders like what was the plan there oh yeah that's funny i forgot to ask about that too wouldn't have a clue like they just decided that i think they were going to keep him alive but um jamie and robert wagner went to the atm to get cash and bunting just killed him well, then he would have shown up like totally beaten to hell, which also doesn't, it's not a plan. If the hanging was this guy, that would have made sense with the hanging. Cause then they just make it look like I feel so bad for everything I've done. Snap my neck nights out, but no, like you said earlier, I don't, I, I don't think these guys were in any way, shape or form clever. Oh, they weren't doing this cause they're smart. They were doing this cause it gets them hard in my mm. opinion. Like it's the thing that turns them on. So. Have you guys ever heard of anything like that before? Like three guys hunting together, two guys at least, you know, I've never heard of pack hunting like that. It's nuts. And that's, I guess you have to survive like that in Australia. eh? You have to like team up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One guy to do the killing and one guy to watch for snakes. Exactly. (laughs) One to spread, one to wax. It's all it takes. guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you I am a flamer. Like, you should see how many dicks I suck. I put them all in my mouth.